You are listening to Girl Speak, a podcast series all about art, history, and contemporary culture with a girl's eye view. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 123 of Girl Speak. Together now. I'm Tiffany Rhodes, program developer with Girl Museum. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, or streaming us today. Girl Speak is produced by Girl Museum, the first and only museum in the world dedicated to celebrating girlhood. Girl Museum explores the art, history, and culture of girls around the world in the past and present. All of our programs are volunteer-run and supported by listeners like you. Special thanks to our sisterhood patrons, Angela Mills, Christina Sousa Martinez, Elizabeth Dillenberg, Erica Holt, Frances Helt, Hilary Rose, Mary Celeste Kearney, Michelle Taylor Bucock, and Sophie. Visit us on the web at www.girlmuseum.org. Now, today's episode is a little weird for me. We don't actually have a script for this one. Uh, Most of our podcasts come with scripts, but in response to the COVID-19 pandemic and just all of the things that are going on in the world right now, we decided to kind of pull together and an episode at the last minute called Together Now. We invited our team, interns, senior staff, and even our head girl to contribute audio about how the COVID crisis is affecting them, how they're trying to remain in solidarity with people, and also some of their tips for handling the new way that people have to operate on a day-to-day basis. Like most of you, I am currently uh, in self-isolation at home with my husband. Um, It's definitely very strange for us. Uh, All of my work is now done from my desk at home, which I had not had set up to do that uh, beforehand. And not going into my day job, which is at a museum, is very strange. In fact, the entire thing is strange. And I'm sure like many of you, there's crippling fear and there's doubt and there's concern. Just watching the news, I get tears in my eyes because of the number of people that have lost their lives and continue to fight for their lives every single day for the governments that are struggling and more importantly, the people who are struggling, those who have lost their jobs, lost their sources of income who are suddenly dealing with both a personal and professional crisis that I don't think any of us fully saw coming. I think there are obviously people out there who saw that a pandemic could happen and wanted to try their best to prepare us. But unfortunately, at least here in the United States, the people who needed to listen to that advice most, well, in my opinion, they didn't listen at all. And now we're here. We're in a pandemic that zombie movies have been trying to warn us about. Although, granted, it's not really a fight of the strongest in this survival race. It's the fight for those who are willing to listen to science and reasoning. People who are willing to support those who society tends to look down on. Healthcare workers, retail workers... Um, mail carriers, people who do the day-to-day functions that keep our society running, and yet, at least in most cases, definitely don't get paid enough, in my opinion, or 
at all get enough respect. Even teachers are finally getting some recognition, especially from parents um, who now have to deal with their little ones at home all the time and have to help them continue learning in an environment that for children is very scary. All this to say, I think the effect on girls worldwide is complicated. Um, personally, on the news here in the U.S., we don't hear a lot about girls and girlhood. It's just not something that really comes up in a lot of mainstream news channels. Um, the biggest time I've heard is, you know, when Malala was on the news or the Boko Haram kidnappings a couple years ago. That's when you hear about girls. But right now during this crisis, you're not hearing about girls or boys for that matter, or just children in general. And yet children are struggling. And as I reflect on this COVID crisis, I just want to kind of remind everyone that children are probably going to have to deal with this in the hardest way. They are going to be losing friends and loved ones. They are going to be facing something that in their minds is probably the scariest thing of their childhood. It's going to be a very formative experience, something that they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. In the same way that my generation remembers 9-11 and sitting in our classrooms and hearing about it and seeing friends and family members affected by it and even knowing people who lost someone when the towers fell, COVID-19 is going to affect the next generation of children, and that includes girls. It's going to shape their mental state for the rest of their lives. Hopefully, I at least I hope in a positive way, it's going to make them realize that we're all in this together. And that's kind of where the title for this came. We're together now. And the biggest lesson I think we can all learn from this crisis is that we are in this together, not just this pandemic, but the world. Even though we may live in different nations, under different rules, different norms, we are all one species. We all inhabit this planet. And when something global happens, it will affect all of us. And even something that's not global will affect all of us in some way, shape, or form. 9-11 changed the world as we know it most acutely in the United States, but it kind of had a ripple effect through the rest of the world. Now, COVID-19 is forcing all of us to come to terms with what our actions are doing, not only to each other and to our health, but also to the planet. I've seen numerous stories about how this crisis has forced a slowing down in industry that is actually helping turn the tide on climate change just a little. It's not a lot, but it is showing us that our daily actions, the amount of emissions we put out in our cars and commutes, the amount of industry that is out there producing things and spewing gases into the air, just everything that we do in our daily lives has an effect on this planet. And within weeks, we are seeing the air clear. We are seeing waters clear. We are seeing things that scientists have said we were at the turning point of. So COVID-19 to me is a call to action on the climate. But as I've heard from other people, it's also a call to action for children. I've been talking with Ashley online, just keeping touch, like most of us do at Girl Museum. We actually have tools uh, that help us stay in touch with each other. And this crisis has really helped us kind of come together as a community more than I think we ever have been. We're talking daily now. We're video chatting with each other. We're phone calling each other. Um, and 
no matter where they are, whether it's over in Asia or in Spain or wherever they're sitting, I've been talking to so many people through Girl Museum that it's wonderful. But it's also highlighting stories that I'm not hearing here in the States. Stories about the rise in domestic violence against children, child abuse specifically. Stories about how this crisis could leave women and girls very, very vulnerable, especially refugee girls or girls who were already in compromised or unfavorable situations, how their families may now look for financial relief by selling them into child marriage or child slavery. And these stories are horrendous. They're, they're so horrendous that I don't actually want to repeat any of them here. It's, it's going to make me cry. And I don't think you want to hear me <laughs> talking through tears. But I want us to see the COVID-19 pandemic as a wake-up call. It is a global wake-up call. We need to act now for our climate. We need to act now for our girls, for our children. Everything we are doing will affect and shape the next generation. And if we want that generation to thrive, if we want them to be happy and healthy and contributing to this planet and making humanity a better species overall and finally achieving all these dreams of peace and stability that so many people talk about, we have to empower them. We have to see COVID-19 as an opportunity a missed crisis, to finally address the social, environmental, and economic problems that have held girls and, well, really all of us back for years now. And that's kind of my rambling. I don't have actionable items for this. I hope you'll rely on scientists and political leaders and other experts in their fields for that kind of advice on what we need to do. We need to listen to scientists about climate change. We need to listen to domestic policy and girls' rights advocates on what we need to do to empower and ensure the safety of the next generation and so forth. But here at Girl Museum, we just want to know, we just want you to know that we're here for you, that we are going to continue our advocacy and museum work no matter how long this crisis lasts. We are going to keep developing new exhibits and resources for you, your children, your families, all of your loved ones to engage with, whether it's just that you want to color something or you want a fun activity or you even want to come volunteer and participate with us. We're going to keep on going because we're all in this together. And I hope that today, as unscripted and last minute as this feels, that you'll get takeaways from me, from Alicia, from Sophie, and from Tia, and that you'll realize we're here for you. We'll always be here for you. We're together in this. And together, we will not only come out of this crisis and be able to support one another through the losses and the pain that it is going to bring, and certainly has already brought, but we're also together in shaping the future of our planet, of our species, of our societies. And it's about damn time we work together to get to where we keep dreaming of going. So now I'll turn it over to Alicia, Sophie, and Tia to provide their insights and advice on dealing with this COVID crisis.
I don't know if you can hear. This is Alicia in Madrid, Spain. And um, I don't know whether you can hear the, the music in the background. It's a children's song from when I was little. And in my neighborhood, uh, when at eight in the evening, we come out to clap. Um, someone in my neighborhood decided to play some music. There's a uh, one that has been played everywhere it's to do with resisting. And then it depends on where you live. You have different soundtracks. In here, there's several, sometimes depending on the day, if it's a, a good weather, like today, it probably will go on until night, more, most likely. Um, sometimes it stops earlier, half, half past eight, or in days like two weeks ago or a week ago, when it was raining, people just come out, clap, and then they go back inside because it was too cold. We have been in quarantine for two weeks now, probably earlier. I worked until the 18th, and then from then on I was working from home. It's hard, I have to say. It's quite, I'm having a hard time some days. Some days I wake up and I'm feeling more hopeful. I'm hopeful because my family is fine and the ones I know and love are, are well. But it's not easy. Even though you have Skype and Zoom and yeah, video chats and calls and the internet, Netflix and so on. It's not... I know it will, it will pass, although quarantine was supposed to finish on the 12th, which we knew wasn't going to be that date because um, it because of the amount of people who are uh, dying. So it was obviously going to be longer. Now they're saying the 20, 26th of April. And after that, nobody knows what's going to happen. So... Um, I don't know. I think the world should definitely change afterwards and we should wake up to realize what's important and art is important and we are important. And those minion jobs that were not considered should be, be not just the obviously the health professionals which are who are obviously the ones at the front line, but those working at the at the shops and um, some people I know who work in call centers as well who go to work still go to work. Um, they don't have well for home office, so uh, yeah. I don't know. I think it should make us think definitely, and uh, because it's making me think. Uh, anyway, I just wish that you're happy not happy but at least that you're well and um, take care a lot bye hi i'm sophie i'm the junior girl in the uk and i'm lucky enough to be able to stop everything and work from home but also it is hard not leaving the house 
So I wanted to send a message of solidarity to everyone who's out there working for our safety and everyone like me that's staying indoors and trying to hold on to our sanity. These are strange and difficult times. Look after yourselves. And if you can, use the time to learn, tell new stories and keep smiling. Hi everyone, it's Tia here. I'm currently at home in England and like a lot of you, my life as late has been pretty restricted. We're currently in lockdown in the UK and can only leave the house for a few essential reasons. I've been having ups and downs as I know a lot of people have. And sometimes when things seem a little bit too much, I take a breath and remember this quote. Just remember that you have managed to get through every single bad day you've ever had. You've lived through the hardest moments of your life and survived. And you'll make it through this one too. And that quote just makes me feel a little bit better when I'm feeling overwhelmed by the situation. I thought I would also share with you some of my quarantine tips and hopefully they'll make someone else feel a little bit better too. Number one, eat all the yummy delicious food that you want. Snack away. For me, healthy eating has gone out the window and I'm focusing on delicious comfort food while we're stuck in the house. Plus, it's a great time to improve your cooking skills. Number two, go to bed early and get up early. Getting a good night's sleep is so important and really can affect your mood quite a lot. Number three, when things feel too much, put away your phone. Although it's great for keeping in contact, sometimes the healthy thing to do is not to look at it for a while, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed with all the worrying news out there. Number four, read all of those books that you've been waiting to read. My list is huge. Number five, take the opportunity to do something you've been putting off. So I'm finally going through my room and giving all the stuff I don't need to charity. Um, and things like that are really good tasks to get stuck into at the moment. Number six, don't constantly check the news. I learned the hard way and it's easy to get obsessed and depressed by constant scary news. Um, it's good to check every so often so you're in the loop with what your government is saying, but um, don't get sucked into the rabbit hole and make sure that you're keeping a healthy distance. Number seven, journal your feelings. I found this really helpful when feeling overwhelmed just to write out what I was feeling and why. Number eight, exercise, exercise, exercise. <laughs> This has helped me so much with taking my mind off the current situation and relaxing a little bit. Plus, if you're allowed to actually go outside and get fresh air, it is wonderful. Number nine, do the things you want to do and be selfish for a while. If you want to sit in bed and watch TV all day, then do it. Take this time for yourself. Number 10, keep in contact with your loved ones. We're all going through this together and they know how you feel. And they might need support too. Well, there you have it. My top tips for surviving this pandemic while trapped indoors. Stay safe, everyone. Bye. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast. Be sure to tune into our next podcast as we discuss why museums need girlhood. Finally, please help to support future production of Girl Speak and all of Girl Museum's programs by visiting us at www.girlmuseum.org and clicking donate. Thank you and have a wonderful day. If you like hearing a fresh, girl-positive perspective on the internet, please support us with a tax-deductible donation easily made on our website. Our music is courtesy of up-and-coming artist Han Av. You can find her SoundCloud link on our website.